14 of Jenna Millie, where a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength-based perspective. Oh, please. <laughs> I've been talking a lot over the holidays. Right the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess. Uh, side note, I do have a lisp. Oh, and what? Yeah. And if I have a glass of wine, you'll get real familiar with it. But I have... I'm not having a glass of wine during this recording, although we should sometime. Anyway, I sometimes have a lisp and I sometimes get in a hurry with my words as we have had this happen on the podcast before mm -hmm. where I will create them. So strength-based perspective is always a shmushmush for me. Okay. And it actually shmushmushed uh, to fruition. Uh, so your lisp on a glass of wine, mine is, I have been told, I slip into a deeper Minnesota accent after. <laughs> and I'm sure that you all will hear it deeper today because I just got back from five days in Minnesota. So I'm sure that it is going to be thick uh, because my family has very strong Minnesota accents, even though we are from southern Minnesota. <laughs> the O sound. Yeah. The O sound? Okay, uh, I'll be yes, listening yes. for it. And just the the twisting of the vowel, the vowels, like the way, like if it's an e a, um, an o a. Can you give us an example? Um, I don't know. It's it's just gonna like it'll come out. I'm sure. So I had a dialogue. Uh, I've had quite a few actually recently about how people say things differently based on where they grew up. Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly. I. I say syrup. Not syrup? Not syrup. <laughs> syrup. So uh, that's just one of the words we can uh, throw out today. Um, that's not going to be the focus of our conversation, I hope. <laughs> no, no. But no. it is, I think, yes. for those who are regular listeners, they probably have, we have a rhythm. Yes, certainly. It usually starts with, some kind of mistake I make, shenanigans, off topic, that then goes into topic. So mm -hmm. there we have it. Um, so speaking of off topic, but not off topic, um, I flew back from Minnesota yesterday after the holiday, like or on Christmas Day. We're recording this on the 26th. So I flew on Christmas Day. It's always my favorite thing to fly on holidays because flights are cheaper and the airports are not as busy. So I'm like, we don't have, you know, I have my big Charmin family Christmas shenanigans, and that always usually falls the weekend before the holidays, so it always works fine for me to fly on Christmas Day. So I was flying yesterday, and um, I was reading, I had my Kindle, I was reading a book, um, I had this long layover, three and a half layout, hour layover at Midway in Chicago, and so I posted up at a bar, and ordered a beer and started reading my book and um, everyone around me was like chatting with one another because the Chiefs game was playing right like you know and I'm like you're you're like you're looking at me your anticipation is so funny your face um but I I was just reading my book right like sipping my beer reading my book right and um everyone else is very focused in making comments and making friends with one another in uh solidarity of the Chiefs game that's you know going on right now against the Raiders and um so I'm reading and you know there's a guy that sits next to me and he pulls out a physical book and I'm like 
oh, that's great. Like, you know, reading a, a physical book, you don't see that very often. I brought a physical book with me. You don't see anyone reading very often, right, at an airport anymore, you know, every once in a while. Or if you do, I always like to see people who brought a book because they feel like they need to when they travel. And you can tell they're like five pages. They just start the book at the airport <laughs> rather than, you know, <laughs> rather than actually just uh, being a regular reader and bringing your books along. So anyway, we sit for a while and... Um, I've, I've thought a lot about this, about my headphones and normally I have my headphones on all the time, but for some reason I chose not to have my headphones on as I was sitting here at the, at the bar, reading my Kindle book and sipping on a beer. And so after a little while, like he asks what I'm reading and strikes up a conversation. And so then I ask what he's reading and then we get into books and he asked me if I like my Kindle and you know, I, I say the pros and cons. I'm like, I also like audiobooks. I also do a lot of physical books. So it really kind of depends on what I'm reading and where I'll be reading. And, um, but I show him some of the features. He's like, I'm thinking about getting one. And, um, and then we start talking about our best books of the year and what recommendations. We have a little bit of overlap in the kinds of books that we like to read. Like he likes to read more like hardcore fantasy stuff. I'm like, you know, historical fiction, romance, some fantasy like that kind of so anyway so he gives me a recommendation for a series I give him one and we probably talked for a solid 30 minutes so I talked to a stranger in the airport and he had to go catch his flight I had to go catch mine I mean we talked to about like where we were coming from where we were going got to know each other a little bit but I thought you would be very proud of me it's the only like the third stranger I've ever talked to in an airport because normally I'm like headphones in you know all this kind of stuff so anyway so much here. So much here that I had to actually, did you hear me get my pencil yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Number one, like, you know where, you know where I'm going with this. You, you know what I want this story to end with, like, it. Like, we exchanged contact information. You did? We, you no, did? No, we didn't, no. Damn that's it. Where I want, that's where I knew you wanted me to go. <laughs> Damn it. I was like, here comes the love story of all love stories, and we, all of us, in the Jenna Millie universe are are hearing this for the you, first time. You actually what? He was he was fairly attractive. I would uh in What in, in the hell <laughs> stopped you from getting his number? Um, multiple things. One of the things which I have to tell you offline. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what I wanted Okay. I know what this you is want. where this is, is a really good example of where Allison could manage her expectations better. Mm -hmm. Beautiful story. I did yeah, not mean to wreck it by saying to a stranger. Yes, airport, excellent. Which I normally yes. don't do, but, and I actually walked away very not annoyed that my time was taken away from my book, but really enjoying the conversation with the stranger. That is period the end. Yeah, and that is enough. <laughs> that, that is, is enough. enough in and of itself, Allison. Right. So my apologies for, as per usual, <laughs> me coming in with a higher level of expectation around love. This is clearly something I should investigate a little bit. Like, all stories should end in a holiday rom-com. I mean, it, this is just... Unrealistic. It is. It's not realistic, number one. Number two, it says a lot about what I try to project onto the universe. So my apologies <laughs> for my lack of celebration with the end, period, stop. Because that is huge for you. Um, a couple things. Airport beers, airport beers are really something. 
They taste different. I believe that the container in which we consume whatever it is that we have normally, it tastes different. It's just a different, um, mine happened to be a mimosa from the Portland airport on Friday morning when I got delayed and it was not the best mimosa of my life for sure. Um, my mimosas are heavy on the Prosecco splash of, of juice. Um, but she minted it up and made it look really, look really pretty. And I felt like based on a delay, I was already getting festive. Mm -hmm. So really, really, you know, interesting uh, way that we see that. Also airport beers should be celebrated with others. Like, no, yeah. Like airport. Yeah. That's the bar is like, fellow travelers cheers I, yeah no what i love about the bar is that everyone looks in the same direction not at each other <laughs> oh i think everybody looks at each other no. a bar like a bar like a counter you're all sitting at yeah you're all looking and at usually the bartenders are extra friendly yes and they chatty. Were, i had a long layover in Nashville on my way to Minnesota. And I actually like, I chatted with the bartender for quite a bit. Yeah. So I feel like we switched bodies, um, <laughs> the last couple of weeks. So I was traveling Portland and headphones in the whole time, did not speak to anybody. Um, went to dinner, didn't speak to anybody, just kind of really in my own sort of, um, soul space. Um, fun, quick story about my, uh, on brand experience. So I am out of my right notebook. So I've, I've been filling these puppies up and I'm out. So I hadn't had time to get my newest set. So I thought, well, I'll just take an in-between notebook, which is just kind of a canvasy sort of, um, not, not going to be a long-term journal, kind of an in-between. Yeah. I'll take this with me to Portland. I'm writing away on the plane like I do not talking to anybody, keeping to myself, music, playing. This is again, different zone, but I'm like always writing. I left that notebook in the back. Oh, and I mean, no, no is right. No. All I can think Ellie. to myself is please let those amazing people who do the cleanup on the plane that comes zippity doo dah through, you know, as you're like, yeah. getting your carry-on and there's zip 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 i hope they went zip and went right to the trash with that thing because if anybody read it anyone um i'm hoping there was not a business card in there sometimes there is anyway oof so i assume uh, like i know that you say this about your journal and your writing but the romantic brain in you made me think that you might have gone to the space of like, oh my gosh, I hope someone very easily finds an identifiable piece and like tracks <laughs> me down, mails it to me, and I'm reunited with my journal that I left on a plane at Portland um, Not this journal, okay? <laughs> Others, yes, but not this journal. Um, this one was just capturing some some rant, okay. and holiday yep. season rant, um, some insecurity, some, what I do lately is I write best case scenario and worst case scenario. Okay. And I write them in two columns and then that helps me to get to the, what's actually realistic and what part of this narrative are you just creating that's chaotic that 
you know, makes you feel like crap. The worst case scenario stuff, pretty raw. The best case scenario stuff, pretty dreamland. Uh, yeah, so. You got heavy, unrealistic I, both ways. Also, there are humans in this notebook with names Love who it. could possibly be on a plane, a united plane, and might pick it up and say, Wow, that handwriting looks familiar. Shit, that's my name. Um, so anyway, I'm currently operating in terror that someone is reading it. Um, so that's one. Airport beers, yes. The other is um, I carry lots of books with me at all times. And I don't know if we've ever asked this question, but I've been having some great conversation with my brother who I play Wordle against every morning. We now play Connections and we also play the um, crossword. And um, it leads to deeper conversations, which yeah. I love having with Ben. But Ben and I both read multiple books at a time. Yeah. You? Um, I will so long as they are different I, I so I will only I will read multiple books at a time but I will only ever read two maybe three books at a time generally it's only two and it's because when I start a fiction book I want to finish it before I get to the next one and the same with nonfiction. so generally the most I'll ever be reading at a time is two books one fiction and one nonfiction. Because I read okay. at different paces for both of those, and they just work different parts of my brain, right? So, yeah, I think I read fiction throughout, and nonfiction I'll I'll piece around. I don't seem to stay on track with a nonfiction like I do a fiction, and I have a stack. I'm getting ready for my um, mountain retreat, and I have a large stack of books, um, okay. most of them fiction. Um, but a couple nonfiction that I'm looking forward to. Um, so I very much appreciate the fact that you stretched. I will say, okay, okay. It was a stretch because I engaged in the conversation. I did not start it. I will say that, nor would I have started it. But once it was started, I very much engaged with it. Was there any identifying information about you that he could look you up? Stop. Was there? Yes, there was. I mean, I, I share. Well, he like you know, we ended up get. What do you do? And you know, we exchanged names and all that kind, like first names. And but I was like, he knows I live in D.C. He knows I'm a Ph.D. student and a professor, adjunct, you know, instructor at a couple universities. So certainly. Okay, that's all. That's all. Just <laughs> asking. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is the visceral reaction I have to people drinking and reading. That is a hard no for me. What? I will not consume alcohol and read. Why? I don't know. I'll listen to music. I'll obviously go to concerts, experience life. But like reading is very sacrilegious to me. There's no, no, I'll have hot chocolate. I'll have tea, but I will not read and drink wine at the same time. Am I odd? That's very odd. That's one of my favorite things to do. Put a record on, light a candle, pour myself a glass of Pinot, and open my book. Like it's the okay. Most it's that's too many space. senses. That's too many senses. 
Too many senses are exposed there. You're listening to music while you're reading? Oh, yeah. I, I mostly do, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No. I almost always listen to music while I read because it sets the tone. But we've talked about this before. We've talked about this before on this podcast because I do yeah. not listen to the lyrics. It's about setting the tone, the ambiance, the vibes. Yeah. It's I don't listen to the lyrics when that when that is happening. There are other times in which I very much listen to the lyrics when I'm listening to music, but it generally is when I'm only listening to music. So when you post a picture of your fabulously done nails and your book, there may be wine in your other hand? Usually on my coffee table, yeah, cuz then I'll go and actually like sit and actually I was I've been thinking about and I don't even need justified as my Christmas present. I got some ad of what looks like the coziest chair ever with a footstool. And I'm like, I think I'm going to reorganize my apartment around this reading chair. Like, I literally saw it the other day and I'm like, it looks so cute and so comfy. And the reviews are really great. It's not like overly huge, but it's like a little a bucket chair with it. And I was like, I think I might do a little stand or something so I can put my, uh, my wine there while I read. But... Yes, very often when I take like a picture of what I'm currently reading, I have sometimes I'll very often do tea or coffee as well. And then and then sometimes a beer or wine. It totally depends what I'm doing. But always I generally always have a drink when I'm reading alcoholic or non-alcoholic, sometimes just seltzer water. Um, And then almost always a candle lit. Um, And sometimes most often music in the background. Yeah. Great question for our listeners. A bunch of questions in there. Mm -hmm. Also, I love the fact that you choose one item to build an aesthetic around. When I was dining at this fabulous restaurant in Portland called Dame, they had a, the setup of their bar. I was seated, uh, seating, seated, jeez. I was seated at the bar. And so I, they have vinyl that they're playing. And then they had these two really cool shelves. And as I looked at them, I was like, I could do this. I could create this. And actually in the notebook that is now hopefully in the trash on United, um, somewhere I sketched it out and I sketched out my living room space around creating this new shelf. Yeah. I wish I had it. And along with all those words that hopefully, are not being read by others. I really, I really envision me burning this note, but it's like a burner notebook. Like I'm just going to trash this thing later. Just get all this stuff out. But then I also captured some really cool stuff. Like we're in the full moon. Um, there's some really cool ritual. I like to do this time of year. We're in my favorite days. And one of them is 12 wishes. It's actually 13, but 12 wishes. So you start on Christmas day and you write down 13 wishes that you have. You put, roll them up, you know, put in a piece of paper, roll them up, put them in a jar. Mm-hmm. And then each night for 12 nights, you take one of those wishes out and you burn it. Mm-hmm. You don't read it, you burn it. So you gift it to the universe to take care of. There's 13 wishes because on January 6th, the wish that you open up and receive is yours to take care of. Oh, interesting. So, yes, I'm doing the 12 wishes 12 days and it makes you really thoughtful about what you wish for but also a reminder of what we can and cannot control 
And so um, I had my 13 wishes written down in this notebook that hopefully no one is reading. Um, couldn't really remember everything. <laughs> so started over, but same vein, same learning. And in that same vein of my favorite days of the year, um, I am loving some of the questions that have come up recently that I have sent to um, my clients and have had some great conversations around um, the end of year um, and some of the things that we've learned from this year. Typically this time of year, Tess and I are settling into our words of the year, but we are both undecided at this time, which I like, and we are both taking space to retreat. Um, mine happens to be an hour-ish uh, north to the mountains. I'm going to spend a month in Frisco, so we will not be recording um, in during the month of January. And Tess, you want to describe your trip? Oh, yes. So as if you regularly listen, most people know that I take a trip at the beginning of the year, my birthday, the yearly reset. Most often it's on my own. Um, but this year's a big year, my 30th birthday, uh, finally aging into my soul in a little ways, uh, many ways. <laughs> like I felt like I've been 30 since I was 22. So I'm really looking forward to, uh, to being officially in my thirties. Um, and so, and I decided to, um, invite friends and, um, and I think, did I talk a little bit about this process of like, I wanted friends to come. So at first I was like with everybody's unique, you know, I have friends with kids and friends that are married and friends that are coming that live all over the country. So at first it was like, Hey, maybe I'll rent a cabin, like a fun place in Appalachia or Shenandoah and just like invite people to come basically to me. And then I was like, okay, maybe I'll do something like wine country in California, you know, and I'm like looking and pricing things out and, and I was just like, one of my, my aunt, when she came to visit me in June was like, one of the pieces of advice she gave me when I was like kind of contemplating what I want to do. She was like, do the trip you want to do, invite everyone and they can make the choice. Like do what you want to do for your birthday. Right. So I knew I wanted to go somewhere uh, international was what I would really hope to do. I wanted to go somewhere new. I hadn't been before the last few, both of my international trips this year actually were places that I'd already been before. So I was really wanting to go somewhere new. So Anyway, I decided I um, have a group, there are five of us in total, um, going to Portugal. So we are flying to Lisbon on the 1st, and then we will go to Porto uh, for a couple, a good day and a half, and then back up to Lisbon. So uh, we'll be gone for a little over a week, and I'm very excited. The really neat thing about this that like my high relator, my high individualization is so excited about is... The four people that are joining me are all from four different stages, groups, areas of my life. And some of them have met each other, Love. but not everyone. Like, I actually don't have anybody that's, like, two people from the same group or same context that are coming. Like, I have one from my friends in Omaha, one of my friends from Denver, Chicago, one of my friends here from D.C., and my sister. So, like, it's going to be, a, it's a really, really good group. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. And I've like, here's my, I don't, I hope none of them are, um, 
none of them will listen to this, I'm sure, before we go in a few days, but um, you can totally spot my individualization. I yes. plan the itinerary for all different types. I have some history. I have some like food and wine. I have some culture. We have a tour with a local. We have a music uh, night at like a f- local style of music. We're going to uh, see a live show for like a little bit of everything. I love and this. And then I made... Um, like trip gifts for people. I'd made a little gift bag with like some like travel essentials and some of my favorite things. And then I'm going to write a note to everyone, just like what I appreciate about them and having them in my life. And, um, and then there are a few things where like, I got a few, like I got some like cheeky things to add to it. And then like a few Portugal things and they're like varied. And so I picked like, like one of them is like a wine charm that goes on the bottom of a wine glass and they're all Portugal related. And so I like match mm-hmm. the one to the right person of like which one I think is best with their personality or their vibe. So I had so much fun. I probably sent a month like, oh, this would be a neat thing to add. And then I found a little gift bag. So I'm going to bring all those and surprise them with like gift bag on their bed with some fun things when we get there. So this yeah. is uh, <laughs> just the epitome of you. As a friend, as a human, I mean, literally in the celebration of your birthday, you are gifting to oh my others. Gosh, yeah, I mean, absolutely, right? Like, it, I mean, well, it like brings in, like, right? It brings joy. Yeah, it, it does. It makes me think about the podcast that we talked about last time, Adam Grant. That week that he sat and wrote feedback about here's how I see you at your best here's where you are in your talent here's how I mean kind of a you know gifted people the story of how they uniquely and awesomely show up he said it was the best week of his life mm-hmm. um and I think that you are just really good at that naturally really good at that um but I I love that you have a specific plan and container and space for that important birthday to be celebrated yeah yeah I'm really excited so when we talk about the um, my favorite days of the year, for me, it's now because it's the end and it's also the beginning. It's like the most, in my mind, the most hopeful space we can possibly be in because you have all of this learning that you've gleaned from the year that was and you have all this anticipation for the year ahead. Mm-hmm. But you're coming into that new year with this kind of toolkit of learning that 2023 Mm -hmm. brought. So I have been asking some questions of my clients and a few friends, um, and I'll share uh, my responses to this um, that came really metaphorically to me fairly quickly. And then I'm I'm working actually on a, on a blog post about it Mm -hmm. to write specifically about the year that was. And, and while I'm sharing Tess, I hope that you'll contemplate a little bit your answers to these questions. So the first question is what has felt like success? And for me, 2023 has just been full of departures and arrivals. Um, very much navigation from things that I expected to change, but also things I wasn't expecting to change. And I'm learning how much I love, 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 love travel. Um, the obvious leaving of, of my role at teammates in a long time role had, um, a big effect. It was a big event in my life. Um, but the choices, including that choice, the things that I said yes to the things that I said no to, um, 
I've been to nine new to me cities um, and many new containers. So I had some amazing opportunities this year to witness um, other people, other humans. And in my mind, it's been like one big airport scene. Like I love the airport because of the departures and the arrivals and the sheer love and magic that happens between humans. So that's my answer to that first question. My second question is what has felt like big learning or stretch? Um, And my big stretch this year is flying my own plane. Um, Solo artistry and all the responsibilities that come with it. Um, When Lauren was little, she used to say, I'll do it myself. It wasn't myself. She added an A on the end. I'll do it myself. And I think um, that's what has been big learning and stretch for me is, is going from being part of a band to solo artist. Naming strategies that helped um, and how I would apply them in 2024. So the strategies I've learned this year is that I need systems and I need logic. Um, Compartmentalization, applying my brain to things. So having a set compass, having maps, having directions, having GPS, but having great co-pilots and a great crew. And then the last question is, how will you or how have you celebrated? Um, Leaving well has been my celebration this year. Um, And I'm going to do that by arriving in Frisco. Um, And that space and time will honor me reviewing the travel logs of 2023 and the flight plans of 2024. Definitely took a theme this year. Took a little bit of a theme. That's that communication and action. Uh, Sure is. Beautiful there. Wow, wow. Um, I, yeah, all these questions I think are really great. And I appreciate the way in which you, yeah, synthesized them well, distilled some of your major learnings well with this kind of analogy. So it's great. It's great. Um, I feel like I this will not be as poetic because I got this um, an hour ago and had to call my dog down before we recorded, so I really didn't look at the uh, look at the questions too much. But so for the first one, what has felt like success? Um, we talked a little bit about this in the green room. I've had a lot of change this year, and change that I did not consent to, and so it's brought about. Um, a lot of like learning um, so I guess I guess this is a little bit one and two together <laughs> um, <laughs> it's brought about a lot of like learning and growth for me but also I feel like and I know I talked about this during the last episode with JC or the episode maybe before that like I I would go back but I don't know that I would change a lot of the ways that I responded to things so end of a relationship and a summer of really grieving but also like learning um life with a pup and some travel and just like being in joy and um some shifts in a really positive way around my program and needing to orient myself to uh, a more accelerated timeline with that um my grandparents i told uh, you in the green room sold their house this year that they bought when my dad was born in 1966 And so it's been the gathering place. It was the place that I went almost every day after school because it was around the block from my elementary and middle school and two blocks away from my high school. Um, I have family that's moving out of the area for different reasons. And so 
there's just a lot of change that has happened this past year. And because I generally am a solo flyer and have been for a long time, almost all of my change is change that I've worked for or intentionally moved towards. And most of the change this year has not been that. It's been circumstances around me, people around me that has had a rippling effect in my own life, um, directly or indirectly. And so even just being home for Christmas this past weekend was so great to see everybody, but it took place at my parents' house because my grandparents now live in a, you know, a much smaller place. And, um, and so it couldn't quite fit everyone. So my parents have become the de facto uh, hosts of Christmas from here on forward. Um, same Christmas China and same Christmas, you know, crazy traditions we have this year. We had to do four scenes from a Christmas movie that that had different, you know, one was <laughs> like a st- one was a still shot, one was a pantomime, one had to have a prop, one was full voice or something like that. And so we still did our crazy Christmas shenanigans, but it looked so different and. Um, and it's really stretched me, but also I feel like it's also been a, a test as my entire life is of, of integrity. And so choosing to, to navigate that well, choosing not to avoid the grief or numb the grief uh, with those changes. Um, and of course, you can hear a little bit in my voice, like they're all really present just having come back from that weekend. Um, uh, in Minnesota with it looking so different uh, than it always has been, but in some ways so much the same. So um, I, they generally don't conflict, but my first three strengths in my set have very different time orientations. Context is yes. past focused, adaptabil- adaptability is very present focused, and strategic is a future focused strength. And so my first three strengths are past, present, and future in their orientation. And generally those work very seamlessly together, right? It's a recalling of what we've done to make sense of what's happening now to plan for what comes next. Uh, Very often they work together seamlessly. Um, Right now, when I'm not planning for the future or or planning for change and when change is put upon me, uh, they've come into tension a little bit. So it's um, it's been a learning process, certainly. Certainly. So, um, third, the question is that name strategies that have helped and that you'll consider applying into your 2024 goals. Um, so my 2023 word of the year was momentum, which was a build off of equilibrium and the year did not pan out like I thought it would when I had that intention for the year at all. Um, but it's been, it's been so cool as it always is to see how life unfolds and it and how it does align with the intention mm-hmm. still. And so I kept thinking even like the 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 finals week and then the week I had about a week and a half to almost two weeks after finals before I left for the holidays. And I created this like beautiful rhythm that felt very natural of like a slow coffee in the morning. I would work five or six hours on something, sometimes sit at a coffee shop, sometimes work here. Then in the afternoon, I would lay low or clean or do something like for myself. I've incorporated more movement um, into my daily uh, daily life recently, just as an intention on my own part. And it, I have found that I was able to get through things 
like get through I got through about half of my to-do list over winter break within the first four or five days of winter break even though I have over a month and just like the way in which still taking those breaks having a slow start to the day um George 100% helps with that because after he wakes up he just wants to sit in my lap and and cuddle and hang out for a bit at the start of the day like these sorts of which which is entirely what equilibrium was about mm-hmm. and I feel like my life circumstances um, in the year of equilibrium allowed me to achieve it and now that my life circumstances in momentum wanting to carry that equilibrium through now that my life circumstances are not forcing that I find that I'm still really enjoying enjoying that right so in many ways it's measuring and seeing the fruit seeing the results seeing the outcome of still taking that time to rest dedicating time to work but taking time to rest and um and I'm really surprised already at seeing seeing the outcome of that um and so I'm excited I really want to carry that through especially through this next year which will be almost exclusively dedicated to dissertation um a lot of work ahead in 2024 but I know that taking that time has just made me a much more peaceful person internally it's made my soul much more peaceful um and I've really enjoyed it um it's interesting that momentum did not equal speed it was more it it provided more of a metronome yes for you for rhythm and and the cadence. And I think that's a really important part of, uh, what we, what American culture tells us Mm. about speed and accomplishments and to-do lists and go, go, go. And it is very challenging to turn your metronome to a slower tempo. But it is really powerful, I think, when you do. Absolutely. And I think that was always my, that's a good clarification. My momentum was always about continuing the equilibrium of balance between work and rest, of balance between joy and seriousness in terms of my pursuits. Uh, So momentum, momentum from that was always about quality, was always about not neglecting myself for the sake of my work Mm -hmm. um and so and it was never in many ways never about speed it was always about continuing to carry on and continuing to increase quality intentionality um presence um things like that so um so yeah it'll be interesting i don't know as you mentioned i don't know what what my word of the year is for this next year, uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing seeing what unfolds. But yes, it, it reminded me actually, uh, and something that you mentioned, especially in academia, but I think in a lot of our world, there's this need to produce and work and get stuff out there. And there was, of, of course, as there always is, this big debate on Twitter. Some young scholar was like, graduate students, PhD students, give yourself the gift of writing this Christmas, right? Sit down and write every day. And he even posted that, like he posted that like when Christmas break was starting, right? And then he posted it again. I saw him post it 
yesterday on Christmas Day, like in the morning, he's like, well, I got up and wrote at 5 a.m. And I wrote for four hours before we started our family Christmas. And and there's all these people in the comments like, yes, so true. Like, this is great. And then there are people that are like, do not listen to this. Like, you need rest and you need time away. And um, so certainly in certain industries, certainly in academia, but also you're right, just the pressures of society of living in a capitalist state, right? Equate our sense of worth with what we can produce. Um, and yeah, and so it's it's been a really, really good reminder of rest and um, yeah, of the beauty in that and how I become a better producer when I take yes. that time away. Mm-hmm. You know, I continue to learn from your wise old soul that you are. Um, that is a strong intention of my time coming up this next month. Um, birthday month is something I celebrate. I'm celebrating it very differently this year with taking intentionality of slowing things down, of not traveling, of not um, thinking that work is the only measurement of my worth and value. Um, and what I did um, over the holidays, um, returning to Nebraska unexpectedly, I was not planning on that mm-hmm. at all. Um, and I was guilted, I mean requested, uh, to come home to my family, which was a really remarkable sort of full circle when it comes to my relationship with my stepdad. And mm-hmm. um, so I went home and I deliberately didn't write and I didn't read and I didn't, I did present reflection. I tried mm-hmm. as much as possible to be completely in the moment and out of my head and out of my heart and just right there with whomever I was lucky enough to be with, whether that was letting my nephew and niece and nephew drive the Bronco um, and be a passenger, which was a total, total um, example of me just surrendering a little bit. Um, But listening to them and what they're excited about and what they're dreaming about and um, what they think, um, listening to my my mom tell a story that I've probably heard a hundred times, but I, I hear it differently at 48 than I did when I was 35 or 20. Um, to hear my aunt who has gone through just tremendous grief, talk about her choosing to live a big life now in the midst of that. Um, she lost both her husband and her daughter to cancer, uh, same year. And, um, Janet is more determined than ever to just live, uh, authentically and big. Um, but to just hear that and then not feel like, okay, I have to get up in the morning. I have to write about all these things I'm learning, but just actually trust my soul to take the learning on and, and to be more present. I also want to note that George is so much a part of your year of momentum. Um, he, he is not something that you can tame or slow down. And you can hear him in the background, which I love that that has become part of our, our um, aesthetic. You know, I, I can hear George breathing, snoring sometimes. Like, it's oh great. Gosh. It's a reminder of important rhythm. Yes, yes, you're right. He does not breathe quietly, so it is a reminder to breathe. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And, and then, yeah, I just, I mean, I talked about 
a little bit their last question, how have or how will you celebrate? Certainly my Portugal trip is a celebration, um, but I'm thinking through a lot around how to celebrate. I have a lot of really important milestones this next year in my program. Um, I have to take my very last class that I will take in the spring, then I'm all done with coursework. Uh, I will be celebrating the approval of my proposal and I will be celebrating my hopeful, hopefully successful passing of my major exams at the end of the spring. Um, all of these things, right? And and so finding ways to mark them and to celebrate them, uh, certainly, um, knowing that they're it's not the end, right? That's not, that doesn't grant me the degree, but those are all things necessary for, for getting there. So, um, lots of that within this next year. So I'm excited to think through how, how to best celebrate that. Beautiful. So, yeah. I know you don't like getting the questions last minute, but I do, from my perspective, think your, your most brilliant thoughts. And I've always seen this in you come on the fly. They really do. I think of our windshield time and how this podcast started. Yeah. It was when you were, would I just shoot a question your way? It's, it's like prose that you, you beautifully articulate. Mm-hmm. I know you don't love it. I think selfishly I do <laughs> because I, I yeah. hear you leaning in, um, to whatever those words are, you know, I mean, I'm a lover of words. Um, my hope is part of the celebration that I'll take the time to do is write those letters and those notes of gratitude to the people who have impacted my life the most this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there've been some big surprises in my year of, um, the people who have, have, um, shown up in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, there have also been surprises of the people who have not and what that has taught me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, my hope is to, you know, write these, these notes of, of gratitude. But I think this space, this container that you and I have is such a gift to me that I can trust that you're going to be authentic and in integrity wherever you are, but particularly in this container. And there's such an accountability that that holds me to. Um, I think about these conversations far beyond this time that we record them and I always listen back mm-hmm. and I think I, I write down things that you say and things that you share. Um, so we started this because of, you know, generational differences and wanting to see strengths as complementary. but I, I don't know that it's ever been more present to me that we're very different. We have different views on the world, uh, but you make me a better version of me mm-hmm. for sure. Ditto all of it with my lower communication. Just ditto, <laughs> just ditto it all. Ditto it all. Yeah, I'm very, very grateful for this space. It always, I'm sure there's a little bit of a, like whenever you pause to have these sorts of conversations, it's the right time. But it always seems like the, the conversations come at the right time. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that and very much looking forward to uh We'll have to be mindful of, uh, we won't probably guess each other's words of the year then if we won't share them until February. So I'm sure I will want to put mine out there for public accountability purposes. Um, <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll be able to talk through that when we reconvene in February um, around what led us to that. So 
Um, all right, with that, I'm like, I now have a restless dog um, over here. But um, so uh, let me just run back those questions for our listeners. Um, and we'll be sure to type them out too in the show notes. Um, number one, what has felt like success? Number two, what has felt like big learning or stretch? Three, name strategies that have helped and consider how you'll apply them to 2024 goals. Four, how have you or how will you celebrate? So we would love to hear some of that year-end reflection from people um, as you as we think back through this past year, the 2023 year, and we look forward to 2024. So then without further ado, I want to thank you for tuning in to episode 114 of Jen and Millie. If you enjoyed today's conversation, consider sharing this episode with a friend. To interact with us and share your responses to the questions that we pose, the best way to do so is by giving us the follow on Instagram at Jen and Millie. That's at G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L-L-I-E. Until next time.